Hello, Clever Habits Tribe, and welcome back to the podcast. This is the Clever Habits Podcast, where we interview bilingual professionals from all over the world to give you some tips and tricks. You can hear about their successes and ongoing struggles. Today is a special one because we have a dual interview. This is going to be amazing. We have Abril and Paz from Globster GmbH in Switzerland. Now, Abril is from Mexico and Paz is from Spain. So, we have to figure out what's going on here. Thank you guys for double teaming us today. Hi, thank you for inviting us. It was Abril's idea. She said, if I can pass, come to I'm like, okay. <laughs> We're a team and I think it is nice to have the whole picture about the business. Basically, we are building the company together, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> Yes, nice. I think you are the second Spanish and Mexican team that we've seen. Hi, Paulina and Ida. They're the first ones. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that. I know you have a language in common, but how did you two meet? We met for a friend in common. Abril, in fact, she's the founder and the owner of the company. And she was looking for someone to help her to grow the, to grow the company. So she told a friend in common that she was looking for someone. In fact, she also put the offer online, but I didn't see it because I wasn't looking for that specific kind of job because I am a marketing specialist. So I was focused on marketing jobs. But when that friend told uh, my husband that she was looking for someone, I, I thought that maybe it could be a good idea. So I wrote her an email and... Now I'm here. <laughs> okay, cool. So tell us a little bit about Globserf, uh, Abril. What exactly are you guys doing over there? I have 10 years of experience in the procurement area, not just in the specific terms of the legal part, but all the product life cycle. Since you have an idea to the business plan, to sourcing and purchasing to the product reach, the hands of the consumer. Three years ago, when I came here to Switzerland, I started studying a little bit of coding. My background is marketing and I have a master in business and economics. So I didn't know anything about coding, but I thought maybe a platform, it's really good idea to connect suppliers and purchasing. After we developed the software, we started talking with the clients about, oh, maybe we can support companies with the whole process. So it's basically what we are doing or how I started. It was from my background, trying to help them with the more financial part and with the sourcing part. At the end, for me, it was a really important point when I think about uh, hiring someone. It was someone that, who can complement what I know I'm usually doing and passes is perfect match because <laughs> she's doing all the other parts so we can tackle the same problem or the same uh, product from different angles I'm looking more for this financial part or sourcing part and she's looking for the brand yeah all, all the strategy under a brand connecting if with all those facts that are very important about a company so who you are where are you going or your products and all the things that you do and produce have to be aligned to this strategy. This is teamwork. Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. So you mentioned a little bit before you're in Switzerland and Switzerland has four 
different official languages. French, Italian, German, and Romance. It must be weird because both of you, your native language is Spanish. You're using English for work. And then in Switzerland, they use high German for writing, but then Swiss German for talking in the street. So how is that going? <laughs> Challenging. Yeah, <laughs> she, 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 she speaks German. <laughs> Yeah, Hoydeutsch. They say Hoydeutsch for this standard German. For me, the, the hardest part of this is what uh, Abril told uh, you before uh, when we were speaking a bit of private, that German is the official language, but they speak Swiss German on the street. I live in a small area in the city center in Zurich. There are a lot of Swiss German people. So they speak to you because it, it's normal. I understand that in Swiss German. So I always try to listen very carefully. And when I understand one word, I reply about that word. <laughs> so sometimes uh, it is right and sometimes not, but <laughs> it's a way to, to learn, to be brave and, and to try to practice. It. Yeah, to practice it. Yeah. But her German is good. Mine's still not. <laughs> it's difficult. We learned high German in the school and the schools are open for high German. And they told you, okay, till you reach the B1, you can really start learning Swiss Deutsch. Swiss Deutsch is different in each uh, German area. Every hundred meters is a different Swiss Deutsch. So it's a big challenge. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah was very brave pass and Abril is like, yeah, I understood that word. What are you talking about? <laughs> I do that. I promise I do that. Yeah. They really appreciate it. I need to say like Swiss people is really friendly. When they see you are making an effort to understand and uh, to try to learn German, they quickly change yeah. uh, to high German. It's not like they keep talking to you in Swiss yeah. German. They realize and they completely switch to German. Mm. If in a certain point it's really difficult for you to speak German, they change to English because in the average, everyone can speak at a really good level. Everybody, you, you ask, do you speak English, please? Mm, just a bit. And then they speak a very good English. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> But I think it happens also in Germany because we have to call some suppliers from there and speak to them and they speak a super good English. Yeah, I guess they're super modest, but as bad as you guys have it in Switzerland with the Swiss German, each state in Germany has their own type of German. I grew up in a small island in Spain. Uh, it's mm -hmm. called Menorca. I don't know if you know it. It's a joint of three islands, Menorca, Mallorca and Ibiza. And I was living in Ibiza before coming here, but I grew up in Menorca and they speak Catalan, but they have special Catalan, a different Catalan than in Catalonia, than in Barcelona, and a different Catalan than in Mallorca and a different Catalan than in Ibiza. So I speak all those Catalan languages or almost all. I'm very respectful about that because it's the culture of the people. If they, they grow up speaking this and I have that it's our obligation to protect it. So I hope to understand Swiss German maybe in five years, but I want to do it because this is linked to the culture and I value it a lot. Yeah, that's a good point from your personal experience. Now, growing up on a smaller island, and then moving to the mainland, was there a, a bit of culture shock for you when you did that? No, yes and no, but I grew up in Menorca, but then I went to Madrid. So I studied there my bachelor. 
and I was there five years and then I went to Barcelona. It's a quite big city too. And then I went to Ibiza and I passed the last seven years in Ibiza. It's another island where I met my husband. But I always had that feeling that I wanted to travel and to have an abroad experience. My husband found a work here one year and a half ago and we decided to, to come. I quit my job after many years there and we came here to, to live another experience and I, I'm very happy. I think this is is experience that everybody should live because you learn a lot, not just about culture or about cities, but about people. And I, I feel very grateful. And I think also about yourself when you're going out of your comfort zone, like yeah. uh, you learn about uh, language is a challenge, right? Every time you make as simple things like, uh, oh, I have a bank account. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't do it in German. <laughs> in Switzerland, that's a, yeah, that's a good point. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. <gasps> <But> it's nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny you mentioned bank accounts, Avril, because I was going to ask you about that. From the countries in Europe, it seems like the countries in Dach, the German-speaking region, it's very hard to be an entrepreneur. There's a lot of paperwork and a lot of stuff to figure mm -hmm. out. So how have you been dealing with that? And what's the difference between, I don't know if they have that in Switzerland, but I'm a Kleinunternehmer, a small business mm -hmm. owner. And then the GMBH is, is much bigger than that. So if you could explain the difference and some of the challenges you had, that'd be great. I need to say, like, I found Switzerland a really good place to be a founder. They have many supports and the government is really open and willing to, to participate and help entrepreneurs. I think there is around 80 or something percent of the economy here in Switzerland. There is a lot of people who is working freelance. The name here is Einzelfirma if I'm not wrong. And it's really easy. For example, there is a lot of institutions from the government where you can apply and they support you with everything since courses, they can give you coaching. They have many platforms to support the entrepreneurs. There is this legal part where I was completely blind, but as I told you, I was studying a little bit of coding and then I apply here for a, a prize that is the, there is an institution called Inno Suisse. We enter in this challenge and they really support me to hold process. The biggest challenge also here for your startups is there are a lot of startups, right? The challenge is how you can go out of the average and, and start growing your business from there. Yeah, good point. And now, they, as we say in English, everybody and their mama wants to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, the, the government really support. It's super easy. If you are a freelancer, it is really easy. You can make your business by your own till a certain amount of money, and then you need to go to the register and make the, the registration for the business. But they are super clear and supportive. I just call the office and they actually want to help you. I need to say it's easier if you speak German, <laughs> but if it's not, you need to bring someone who speaks German and make, can make the traduction for you. Okay, that's good to know that there are some supportive agencies. In Germany, it's a little bit harder because, like you said, not as many people at the offices speak English or you're asking for something and they're not quite sure what you need. So that's mm -hmm. another language challenge. Yes.
No, here they are really open. And also there is a big market here for venture capitals and investors looking for startups. They want to make the second hop after uh, San Francisco <laughs> for startups. So yeah, we have here in, for example, in Souk, there are a lot of companies working on bitcoins and tech companies. We have here Pharma on what is the other biotechnology also is a big market mm -hmm. here. So yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I have two people that I need to introduce you to from last season. Maybe you guys can work together. Yeah. <laughs> Luis Gomez. He runs Trade Nations in the UK that also does trade between the UK and LATAM. Mm -hmm. And Hugo Garduño, who is running a four profit social entrepreneurship for farmers in Mexico to help them to sell their goods. Mm. But we'll talk about that off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> now I want to hear from you guys because you mentioned that lobster is about procurement of commodities, but a lot of the listeners might be okay. What do those two words mean? What is procurement and what is a commodity? So pass Abril, please explain for us. Procurement, this is also an, an, a big topic. In Mexico, you say, I, I am a buyer. Everyone is going to understand you are doing the whole process. Since you choose a product, till you put it in the hands of the client. But here, everything is split. So you need to say, no, I'm, I'm doing category management plus procurement. It's more about how you buy, what you buy, and when you buy. One of the, the strongest values we have here is we build relationships between the supplier and the buyer. It is really important to have these pillars really strong because your suppliers are one of the, the main players in a company. So we try always to build this, this connection between both in a long-term relationship. A commodity, it is an, anything that you can <laughs> buy. A commodity can be a napkin or can be a table or can be a computer or maybe can be something that you need to produce your final product. I don't know, maybe you need bags for your packaging or something like that, but it's a finished product. Something it's, that you easily can change at the supplier yeah. because it can be part of your main product, but it's not specifically your main product. For example, companies who are buying paper for print the tickets. So it, the, the print, paper <laughs> can be a commodity. Merchandising also can be a commodity mm -hmm. if it's not part of your main business, like the USBs they're uh, giving away or all these kind of products can be a commodity. Plastic for some industries are also a commodity. Yeah. All right. So that makes mm -hmm. a little more sense for me. <laughs> <laughs> your specialty is mostly between Europe and Latin America, so are there particular commodities or different industries that you're working with so far? How's that going? We can work for any industry. It won't be fair to say that we are specialists in all the industries uh, all over the world because this is obviously not true, but we are experts in finding, sourcing and negotiation. So maybe if we have a potential client that it's um, expert or he produces something that is new for us. We of course sell, tell this to the client, but we know that we probably will be very good sourcing his 
um, commodities or needs and then negotiation because this is our kind of expertise. Yeah, with the consulting, we are really flexible. We have different kind of industries. So what we know with the consulting is we have the method, no? So for us, it's easy to change and say, ah, okay, now we are buying packaging or we are buying kitchen tools or we're buying something for oil. We are pretty flexible with consulting. The software is where it's more specific just for this kind of transactions. We want to start with commodities, but actually buyers can use it for everything they want. They can try it with every product. And we see we have around 20% of savings on time and between 20 and 50 in some uh, specific locations in cost. Wow. Okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And now with Corona, a lot of the companies are struggling and they are looking deep, deeply into the processes. And if we can save money or time there in order to them to keep their employees, it's it's good for us. It's not just saving for saving, it's saving because they can reinvest if they are small companies or they can keep going if they are, if they are big ones. I like how you mentioned there, Abril, that the process, the principles are the same. You just have to tweak it a little bit for each client. That's a really good mindset. Mm -hmm. Pass, you're doing good with the tag team. You're like, we got this, don't worry. Yes, yes, <laughs> we are. <laughs> Yes, we are doing everything together because it's the two of us here in the office. So I, I always joke with this that I spend more time with you than with my husband. <laughs> Almost awake, awake, yes. So yes, we are, of course, we are a team. It's very easy to work with Abril. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's an honor for me to be part of this company. Yeah, well, you both seem very chill. <laughs> <laughs> But do you ever have times where you don't understand each other? The other day, in fact, we discovered, or we, we didn't discover, but we <laughs> spoke about that Spanish people, it's, it's more straight to the point. I don't know if aggressive is the word, but they are more straight to the point speaking. And the Latin Spanish speakers are more sweet. We were laughing about they don't used to say no. But maybe we can, maybe later. And the Spanish people are like, no, we can't do that. So we were speaking about that. She told me like, you have to be more like, yeah, so <laughs> You're right, I should. Oh man. One of our best guests was from Mexico. She said, Spain is what happens when you put Mexico and Germany in a blender. That's yeah. The... <laughs> it's true. <I> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's not just the, the words, because we use different words, and even if it is the same language, we have differences. It's also this cultural thing. Oh, maybe it was super direct. When she asked me, sometimes I see I'm telling the whole story to say just one thing. And I'm like, okay, no, I need to make the short code. <laughs> make the story short. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah so we have good because you complement each other, so that's good. Yeah, 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 we do. And we learn <laughs> a lot. So Yeah, different worlds. She told me the other day, like, this this uh, stuff, it's chapa. And I said, what is chapa? So we are learning other kinds of Spanish too. Okay. I have the same problem with my husband because he's a native speaker for his language and I learned it later. So I speak a different dialect from him. We're always confusing each other. <laughs> it's horrible. What did you say? Oh, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, my husband is also Spanish. Uh, the first time we live alone out of Mexico because I met him in Mexico and he used to take a lot of Mexican words. But when we came here and we started to set in the house, <laughs> it's when we realized how different is the, the our Spanish. We are being double checking everything like, what exactly do you mean with that? <laughs> what do you want to say with that? Because, <laughs> yeah. They're funny words. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to end the disagreement and be like, I don't understand why you're mad at me. Tell me. <laughs> 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 <What do you? laughs> oh, man. Now, don't go away, you guys. We're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, and then we're going to find out how do you speak English so well. So stay right there. And thank you for everybody who's watching. As you can see, we are having a good time. <laughs> Now, how are we able to have this good time with all of you at the same time? We're using Restream. Restream allows me to be able to stream to up to 20 different places at once. I'm not that fancy. I do use four at the same time, though. LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. And I love how I can talk to all of you at the same time. It saves me time, and you guys can have fun with each other. So go ahead and check out the link below. It will also be in the show notes to try out Restream for yourself. Now back to Abril and Paz to find out more about their English journey. I learned it at school when I was <laughs> kid. And, and then I studied in Madrid, but I made a master's degree that had a subject in, in New York, in Fordham University. And I spent there a few weeks in a school and then practicing working okay yeah i think for me i learned english at the school and then after i finished my university i went to live one year to vancouver at the beginning i was just for three months but then by that time the airline just bankrupt and i lost the tickets back home <laughs> so i decided to stay there for a year <laughs> That's what she what did she do to her mama, but never know oh, the, the story. Yeah, yeah, that's a story. Mm. Oh mom, sorry, I can't go back home, sorry. And she's yeah. like, What? Is this for real? What? <laughs> no, I'm not coming back, back yeah? In Cheers. one year. <laughs> maybe maybe this was just a coincidence, but I hear about a lot of Mexicans going to Vancouver. Is there a reason that they choose Vancouver over other places? I think it's a really nice place to be for us. <laughs> there is, it's easy. Now it's even easier with the visa. There is a lot of schools that they're offering plans in Vancouver, cheaper and easier and fastest than the US, I think. I think that's the reason because I don't think it's the weather, <laughs> to be honest. The, <laughs> the weather is not nice. It's in uh, minus 30 degrees sometimes in winter yeah yeah yeah. it can be really shocking for all for, for me especially like i'm coming from mexico city and mexico city is around 25 27 degrees the whole year so this kind of weather can be a challenge too <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think i think it's the, the kind of schools and, and the programs they offer in mexico all right and mm. for both of you since you studied english in school did you have any shock once you started using it in the real world? Maybe, oh, 
I didn't know that I needed to know that. Yes, but it still happened to me every day. I'm learning every day at work or in a supplier's phone conversation or in Netflix at night. I'm learning every day. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is a different kind of levels in English. The first one is like the surviving mode, I call it. <laughs> when you are facing a real life, especially when you move to an uh, uh, English native speaking country, even at the supermarket, you need to put attention. What is she saying? Take my money. Here is it because it's a different kind of speech. Then I think the process is your ears or your understanding gets better with that also the vocabulary comes and then there is this level the professional level that is also something that we need to keep training it's something that we learn every day especially because we have different clients in different sectors so we need to quickly take the vocabulary also for our clients as our vocabulary yeah, yeah very good points now both of you we already mentioned that you complement each other in terms of your personality and your different strengths. How do each of you learn? We have pretty much three different types of learners. Those who learn by listening, by seeing, and then others, they have to learn by doing something. Which one would you say that you are? I learn listening. I learn seeing how to see makes or prepares a proposal for a client and I learned doing it as well. Really, she likes a lot this applying methodology about doing it yourself and write it and doing so. It, I don't know if you can see it. I can show you here. We're all putting posts yeah, and writing on the walls. We were one hour before speaking with you, talking about a client and I was talking to her and I said, no, no, put it there on the wall. Okay. So I did it. <laughs> write it down, right? Okay. Yeah. So how do you feel that knowing that helps you to learn more efficiently? I think doing it, yeah. Pra practicing, launching into it, like I'm going to do it. It's probably the first time you fail, then the second and the third, but every fail you learn. You can have the theory of whatever you want, but if you never practice, you're never going to experience and make it part of you. For example, in German, if, if I made a mistake, and someone correct me, I'm going to learn, no? <laughs> I'm never going to forget this word, or at least I want to put attention next time when I want to use this word. There is not mistake that you cannot correct, no? Yeah, it's true. If you're not going to die, you might as well try it. <laughs> exactly. With the language, we realize you force yourself to speak German till the point you cannot more. <laughs> and then you ask, okay, English. And most of the time, they answer you like, ich bin geduld. So you can continue <laughs> breathing, breathe out, and please keep going because you can do it. <laughs> oh, that's nicer than they're like, yeah, I'm patient. Keep going. Good attitude. I like it. Do you feel like when you speak another language, your accent changes? You feel like you're another yeah. person? And then sometimes it doesn't switch back when you switch the languages. People are like, what's going on with your voice? And you're just like, yeah, ah. who are you? <laughs> This happened to me. This happened to me also in Catalan. With Catalan and Spanish, I think that I and in Spanish I have a louder tone. I don't know. But then in Catalan I speak like this. Yeah, and all my friends and my husband told me like, when you speak Spanish, you are other other person. 
Yeah. Oh man, I was watching a joke about that the other day. It's like, do you feel like when you speak Spanish, your voice isn't higher than in other languages? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Even for yeah. a Spanish speaker. Yeah, it's weird. It's like Spanish, English, German. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning, I was like, oh, why they are always fighting? It sounds like <laughs> Germans is really strong. Like they are math or something but arguing yeah, yeah arguing. arguing yeah yeah but now i understand like, i don't know it's normal <laughs> yeah they're just having a conversation about the weather even telling you, you look really nice today but it's unfair. yeah for example something is challenging for me is the pronunciation or at the beginning was the reading the vocals yeah schweiz schweiz is c-h-w-y and 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 when they used to to join like three words to say another new one, and you have 30 letters. Yeah. And where I should start here? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those get me crazy because I'm like, ah, oh, I missed the letter. The whole word is wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also, like, I start realizing, like, you don't need to read the whole letter in just once. No, you can breathe. Yeah. In the <laughs> <laughs> you just, just breathing, make a pause and a pause in the middle of the world otherwise yeah otherwise you'll turn blue and be exactly like, oh, yeah. it was a german compositor killed her <laughs> I'm, surviving. I'm surviving the german lesson that's okay we'll be fine we'll all be fine <laughs> You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for your time. And Thank you. I know we've been we've been flashing your info, but if you could say one more time just for the audio listeners how they can get in touch with you, I would really appreciate that. They can contact us by email, for example, abril at globser.com, or maybe they can contact via website. We have a, a contact formula there, or maybe LinkedIn. We're always there, so we can reply all your messages. And my email is easy too because it's path at globster.com and I'm here as well. We can reply all your questions. I think people will definitely need your help because the economy has been changing a lot with COVID, as you mentioned, Avril and Pass. People need to know what they don't know, the marketing side. So you got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Gabby. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for coming. And it was a good idea to have both of you here at the same time. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Keep in touch. Definitely. We will follow. Yeah, don't go away. I'll talk to you in a minute. <laughs> all right, Clever Harvest Tribe. And that is all for Abril and Pass today. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I haven't laughed that much in a while. <laughs> And for those of you who are wondering, okay, Clever Hybrids is cool. They got a nice podcast, but what else do we do? Clever Hybrids is a consultancy. So we work with people to improve their English, but also their soft skills. Just like Abril and Pass mentioned, even though there are different countries that speak the same language, often they have different cultural expectations. So if you're working with people from the UK, it's different from working with people from the United States or Canada or even Australia. So it's important to consider that as well as learning English. So you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Clever Hybrids or check out our services and make an appointment. Cleverhybrids.com backslash r-services.
Until next week, don't forget, optimize through principles, not rules. Mm -hmm.